Hello, friend. You've got mail. everyone welcome to yet another podcast episode of the hello friend podcast i'm margaret and i'm here with henry and we're here to talk about episode seven of season four of mr robot called proxy authentication required hey henry how are you i'm doing great margaret uh it's been uh interesting week impeachment hearings and uh, lots of other things going on. How about you? Yeah, I've been super busy. And as you know, I've been hanging out here in New York City. And I work with somebody who is also into Mr. Robot. So he and I keep talking about how we try to look for places where the show is filmed. So that's been cool. We're really heading down towards the end of this entire series. What did you think of this particular episode? Uh, frankly, when I rewatch the series, this will not be an episode that I linger too long over. I felt like, uh, there was a lot of, uh, dialogue and, uh, I didn't like some of the decisions that were made by the writers. Um, what about you? This particular episode was written and directed by the show creator, Sam Esmael. Hats off to him in general. I must admit, I agree with you. I know that this episode was pretty positively received when I looked on Twitter. And, you know, the actors themselves are fabulous. Elliot Villar, who plays Vera, and Rami Malek and Christian Slater, all awesome, and young M.A. So I really like the actors. I just don't think they were given a whole lot to work with. But I know you and I are going to try to keep it positive to talk about what we liked in addition to what we didn't like. Do you have any more thoughts about what you thought overall before we get into sort of what happened in this sort of one fancy apartment episode? I do think that the episode was beautifully shot. Um, and the, the look of all the episodes in this final season are, is pretty amazing. I think if you go and compare that with season one and the way it was shot, it's a lot warmer, richer. Uh, you know, to me, it speaks of a crew and a director who has learned uh, to hone their craft through the course of the show. Um, So that's one thing I did appreciate. Same here. Extremely beautifully shot. And we start off the episode like we have throughout this whole season where we pretty much left off. So it continues to be the longest Christmas in the history of television. And we start off where Elliot is taken out of the trunk of the car after he was kidnapped by Vera's people. And we cut to Vera, who was smoking from a meth pipe. Not a good sign. And I did think the actor, when he was smoking his meth pipe, he really did affect being high or or being drugged out. I thought he was very good with his emotions. And then we we pretty much hear Vera's story about how when 5-9 happened, he went back to the Dominican Republic, took over the whole island of, of DR and Haiti. What did you think about his story of taking over his home country kind of on the heels of five nine and his encounters with that shaman i mean it's it's interesting i guess it, it, to the extent that i have an interest in shamanism and uh you know the, this kind of world uh you know i think 
the way that he talked about it and portrayed it is very cliche. Um, so, you know, I didn't get a lot of warm tingles over how he talked about it. Um, you know, I, I have to say that a lot of what Vera talked about, I, from my point of view, I didn't really find that interesting or compelling. It droned on and on, and I think that this episode would have benefited a lot from it not being just stuck in Krista's incredibly fancy giant apartment. I really am curious how Krista, on a therapist's salary, is able to afford such a palatial space. It's like on that show Friends, which I never really saw, but I heard that they had also a very giant apartment for New York. And as someone who is looking for a place to live right now, it's fresh on my mind. I did think that Vera's story about how he was one of the people who took advantage of 5-9 and he was able to corrupt the local police force. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. I felt like the shaman stuff, like you said, I think it was a little cliche and it reminded me of, I used to work with somebody who used to go to a fortune teller all the time and every once in a while she would come in and she would say, a fortune teller told me this or that and she made a lot of these really irrational decisions based on that, some kind of wider sense of purpose that she felt she had and Vera reminded me of that a little bit. Vera was convinced because of the shaman that he needed to go back and partner with Elliot. That's part of his fixation on Elliot. Did that make sense to you? That he would be fixated on Elliot and decide to come back? Uh, not really, but I guess if you're a meth-smoking shaman visitor who does ayahuasca and visits shamans, you're not going to make the most rational decisions from another person's point of view. Uh, I guess part of the, the thing with this episode for me is I don't find Vera to be a very likable or interesting character. And to have him featured so heavily where, you know, for me, it's like sitting to someone, sitting and listening to someone that annoys me for close to an hour. It's, you know, it, it's different if it was a villain character that was interesting and charismatic and compelling, right? I'm sure you've seen movies that have charismatic, or compelling antagonists that when they have a scene or a period of time on the screen that's dedicated to them, you're enthralled and captivated by the, their charisma. Vera and the actor playing Vera did not do this for me. Well, case in point, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Joffrey, to me, was a really hateful character, but I enjoyed every scene he was in because the actor was so good. The part was written so well. You love to hate the guy. And with Vera, I've been following the actor on Twitter. He's so excited about his featured role. It is a question to me why Sam Esmail is focusing so much on Vera. I have a feeling it's because he likes the actor, and it really comes down to that. But we have so many more interesting villains to talk about, like you pointed out last week. Even Janice, the creepy taxidermist. It would have been nice to see a little bit of her or to see what's going on with Darlene, something to break this up, even though Krista does have wonderful taste in art. So there was a lot of back and forth in Act 1 around how Vera discovered that even though the Dominican Republic, it was his home, and he managed to take it over. It's New York, baby, that he felt compelled to come back and take over. And that kind of greed that you see with corrupt people, speaking of the impeachment hearings, it does seem to be a common out, a common human trait. Yeah, everyone likes to think they're the exception to the rule. They're the outlier. 
uh, and you know destiny awaits them and no one else right that's something that seems to be universal in the human condition is this capacity for self-deception Elliot at this point all he really wants to know is if Krista is okay and we see an overhead shot of Krista in the next giant room in her home so she's fine for now and Elliot's sort of trying to bargain with with Vera like as long as I know she's okay and let her go she doesn't have anything to do with this to set up the rest of the monologuing yeah it occurred to me that this uh, episode would be very good as a play like, you know, like a, a play that's thrown in the community theater. Like, I actually picture that happening one day where someone decides to redo this episode as a dramatic production. Uh, the way that it's taking place in, like, one room, you have a lot of, you know, a, a small number of characters that do a lot of monologuing, uh, exploration of the past and hidden secrets, the big reveal. Like, the, the way it's structured to me feels very much like a dramatic play. Did you get that feeling at all? I absolutely felt that now that you mention it, because it was such a contained episode uh, in terms of the setting, and it reminds me of a lot of plays. I mean, I haven't seen too many plays like this, talking about shamans and, and tripping on blood mixed with whatever juice and ayahuasca probably... So that's a little different, of course. They felt like actors acting a part. Yeah, it didn't have the emotional energy that you get when you feel like you're a voyeur in a very intense uh, situation, right? Which is what these sorts of things are at their best. Um, I, I definitely felt like the way that the episode was constructed in terms of, you know, the therapist hostage and the kind of back and forth and then ultimately, uh, you know, Elliot, the moment of tension where is Elliot's life going to get taken? No, actually, he's going to take the other people's life. And oh, no, actually, the hostage ends up, you know, killing the person in the end and freeing them both. That to me is a very stereotypical kind of construction or setup. And I think the episode to me suffers from that. I wish that it was a little bit more creative. It is interesting the way they are trying to draw parallels between Elliot and Vera. I mean, Vera mentioned, I think the week before, that he used a baseball bat to beat up a bully. And it was mentioned that Elliot used a baseball bat to fight off his dad, we, we learn later. I get the parallels, and I wish that some of the stuff, even though it was definitely hinted at, throughout series, it felt like a lot was trying to be crammed in in this sort of heightened emotional scene. Um, Act two is all about Vera really needing an introduction to Mr. Robot, and then the interactions between Mr. Robot and Vera, and Mr. Robot trying to negotiate with Vera to kind of keep him at bay and kind of get out of there and and save Elliot's life. Uh, Again, pretty, you know pretty tropey stuff. Did you have any feelings about what happened in Act 2? It was a little bit cringy to me, uh, actually. You know, watching the way that they set up Christian Slater and, you know, he's speaking as Mr. Robot, but then the actors are acting like they don't actually see a physical outward difference. You know, you know, uh, I, I it just kind of struck me that I hope the series doesn't have a whole lot more of this, like, you know, imagining White Rose or 
other major characters, uh, Dominic interacting with Elliot and kind of doing this thing, like it's it's a little bit awkward to me. It does lead one to question why Vera is so intent on breaking Elliot down in this way. I mean, if you think about Vera's character in previous seasons, he was a lot less multidimensional back then and maybe going on an ayahuasca or a DMT trip or whatever it was he was on with the shaman opened his third eye. (laughs) Yeah, and even the storm thing, I I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit like, really? (laughs) It was a dark and stormy night and we were locked in the library. Um, yeah, it, it felt very uh, stereotypical. It made me wonder if they're saving the moment that Elliot acts in character, but it stays Rami Malik on camera for later in the series, right? Like, you can imagine the sort of impact of having Rami Malik on screen, but actually acting like Mr. Robot or Tyrell or one of the other personas. And acting that way, like that's going to be really interesting uh, to see and experience. And I feel like they're kind of saving that for later at a dramatic moment versus letting it happen now um, and losing the impact of that. Yeah, I was wondering if this was going to be the last that we see of Mr. Robot or any of the other alters and... And I do agree about the thunder, thundering sound that was perfectly timed with heightened moments in the dialogue. I was like, yeah, I was a little bit dubious. The only thing I thought about it that was um, maybe positive to point out uh, was that it almost made it seem like this whole thing wasn't really happening, like that it was just inside of Elliot's head, like this internal sort of monologue and working out of things because it was so it was like a dream right it's a dream state where these kinds of things fall into place in a dream and there were definitely ways that we could see throughout the series how broken Elliot is and how he you know he doesn't like to be hugged and you know why he's so fragmented and shut down as we learn later yeah it seems very heavy on atmosphere and feeling and evoking emotions. Uh, Yeah, I I just wish that it would have been done in a way that held my interest better. I was going to move on to Act 3, unless you had anything that you wanted to discuss more about the interactions between Mr. Robot and Vera and their negotiation. No, I I think it it was very dramatic. It was very intense. Um, I... Uh, I, you know, appreciated what was Vera was trying to do in terms of, you know, bringing this character forward. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I just was happy to kind of see the episode move on. Yeah, I have to say my favorite part of this episode was act one in a lot of ways, how Vera journeyed back to his home country. I mean, I know that I used to dream about going back to where I grew up and I'd be the next Jay-Z, <laughs> super cool. And when I was a lot younger, I would think things like that. I did like that aspect of it. By the time we had to act three, Elliot's trying to distract them by showing him what he's up to in terms of accessing Cypress National Bank. I like how they talked about being stadium money they were looking at. I love that reference to all the stadiums that 
seem to be popping up all over the country. I just learned, Henry, by the way, that an esports stadium is being built in Philadelphia, which I didn't know. Interesting. Is are they converting a an existing space, or are they building something from the ground up just for esports? Stadium money, my friend. So it's being built from scratch from the ground up. And if you've ever been to Philadelphia, there are already quite a few stadiums. And I know a new one went up in San Francisco as well recently. That is crazy. I mean, I've I've seen projects where they convert existing spaces into esports arena, but the idea of something being built from the ground up, I you know, I, I I'm glad that esports is being successful, but I just have to wonder if there's a better use for that money. Yeah, the Comcast, the family behind Comcast is funding or or leading the the charge to have that stadium built and since I'm completely digressing and talking about esports instead of this episode, I also learned yesterday that the Mets, the New York Mets baseball team owners, also own an esports team. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's been a lot of convergence between traditional sports team owners and players and the esports world. Um, I, I know, like, Rick Fox, for instance, was a Laker player. He got into esports early until some scandal forced him to divest and get out. Um, it, it To me, it's pretty amazing that esports has come as far as it has, because I had a friend in uh, 20, 2000, uh, what was it, 2012. Uh, we were in Vegas together for CES, and he owns an esports team, uh, quite a famous one, SK Gaming, uh, out of Europe. And he had to explain to people over and over again what esports was. And it was really kind of funny listening to him trying to explain it. And people's reaction was just completely skeptical uh, and pretty hilarious in retrospect. People kind of treated him like uh, a learning disabled person, you know, like, oh, that's good for you. Uh, maybe I'll do something with that someday. And now it's, it's huge. It's pretty amazing. Who's laughing now, right, Henry? <laughs> Yeah, who's laughing now? Like you said, the Jay-Z moment of being able to, to come back with the money and the fame. Yeah, totally. We're back to Act 3. Mr. Robot was unsuccessful in negotiating Elliot's way out of this space. You know, Mr. Robot said, I help him when nobody else is in his corner. That's not good enough for Vera. Elliot tries to distract Vera by showing him all the stadium money that he has access to. And then Elliot has one last valiant effort where he manages to get hold of the gun and he shoots it at Vera and Peanuts and Javi, but the gun isn't loaded, lo and behold. And then we get to the rest of the episode, which is a therapy session between a tied-up Krista and Elliot, where Krista is drawing out why Mr. Robot exists. What is he protecting you from? Something must have really been bad that happened to you. What was it? And, and the big reveal, as you know, is that Elliot and probably Darlene were sexually abused by their dad. And that's sort of a big, big momentous reveal. Not, I don't mean to be sound like I'm insensitive about it because it's a serious issue. It makes sense with the character of Elliot but wow, that just felt, I don't know, it felt kind of crammed in there to me. Although, you know, when I look at the episode as a whole, is it any less cliche than the person, you know, drawing a gun and firing at his captors only to figure out that it's unloaded and have them laugh at him? Like, 
<laughs> that's a cliche also, right? Like, it seems like there's a lot of these things in this episode. So when I was thinking about it, I was like, hmm, is it really that much more uh, cliche than anything else? Nah, not really. Like, what I know about multi-personality disorder, multiple personality disorder, is it is something that is controversial whether it even exists. But to the extent that people do believe it exists, it, it seems to come from very extreme psychological and physical trauma and duress. So from that point of view, I started thinking about, well, I've known all along that Elliot had multiple personalities. What did I think was actually the cause of this? And I realized I never really had a theory about what sort of trauma would have caused the multiple personalities. Did you? You know, it's funny. I never... I never thought much about it, and maybe that makes me a, a little superficial. But I, I sort of, I sort of never really thought much about it, to be honest. So no. Yeah, and that's interesting because I wonder how many other people were the same way. Because you know, we kind of were introduced to Elliot as this special person who it seemed like these multiple personalities were almost like a superpower of his, right? And you know, I wonder to what extent. Uh, Sam Esmail was ex- giving an origin story that no one was really that interested in, you know, in terms of like, this is what caused him to have this when maybe people didn't really have that much curiosity about that particular aspect of it. I certainly was not curious about why he had these altars. I was more curious about, I guess, the hacking and White Rose. I'm really curious about the shipment White Rose is expecting and what that's about. And... I feel like this backstory for Elliot, I would have liked it to been come out in a different way and not in this really forced sort of three-act play way that you could see on Off-Broadway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like it would have been better suited for a multimedia project, like a, a book or something that you know, followed the conclusion of the show to kind of give a backstory to Elliot. I, the mysteries that I want to figure out involve more of this grand conspiracy, the grand hack, um, and you know some of the other characters. But interestingly enough, I never had that much curiosity about what caused the, the multiple personalities in Elliot. I agree with you on that front. It comes out eventually, the therapy. First, they were just doing this sort of volleying back and forth, Krista and Elliot, and Vera's having none of this. He's like, no, we need to... Let's let's get this going. It comes out uh, Elliot's dad was an abuser. Mr. Robot, at some point in the show, he walks away, says, I can't protect you anymore, and he just walks off the off stage um, in a very sort of defining moment. At once, Vera looks at Elliot in the eyes and says, I see you. Krista stabs him in the back. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The end. I, 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 like you said earlier, I wish that we would have seen more of Dom and Darlene in this episode. I think that would have been pretty uh, nice. Uh, it would have made the episode feel less claustrophobic to me. Um, yeah. I know I texted this to you because I was so excited to hear this news that I was talking to this technologist who is working in pretty vast, like he works for a trade organization, an international trade organization of engineers. And I was asking him about his opinions about 5G, because everyone's talking about 5G networks. And the reason I'm mentioning this is, 
it ties in may, maybe to some of the theories that were going around about what right White Rose is up to and, and the spinning up of alternate realities. And this guy said that eventually, and definitely in our lifetimes, I would say maybe 10, 15 years out from now, maybe 20, uh, I'd be interested to hear your opinion. He said that you're not even going to need any kind of device for things like your blood pressure or your heart rate to be measured. All of that is going to be networked and in the mesh, so in the air for the most part. So 6G technology or probably eventually 7G networking technology, he said it's going to make us be deviceless. And he said, you know, obviously has huge privacy implications, but can you imagine, and he gave this example, can you imagine sitting in your living room and you pass out and the mesh, that's the only way I can describe it, the network mesh picks that up using big data and that kind of connectivity, and an ambulance comes to take you to the hospital, he said that's in our, on our horizon. Or can you imagine a reality where you're in your living room and you have a conversation about some politically controversial subjects, and then all of a sudden the FBI is at your door or the secret police and they take you away? That sounds less attractive, but also enabled by the same technologies. All of our data just being more and more exposed on any number of levels. There was a time I thought that's what White Rose was really trying to bring about, like kind of a Matrix-style sort of reality or pseudo-reality. Do you have anything else to say about this episode or predictions for what we might encounter with Episode 8 of Season 4 next week? Yeah, so, you know, looking at the arrow codes uh, for 408, it's a request timeout. It says, uh, it's an HTTP status code that means the request you sent to the website server took longer than the website server was prepared to wait, according to LifeWire.com. So it makes me think that the episode to come will involve Darlene and Dominic uh, and, and time for Elliot and also Krista. So a bunch of characters under time pressure, um, you know, you have the, the E-Corps e- uh, meeting um, to decide the next E-Corps CEO. Uh, you have Dom and Dom, uh, Dom, Dominique and Darlene looking to find Elliot and the Dark Army chasing him down. And you have, you know, Elliot and Krista uh, trying to, you know, take their next steps. So I, I feel like all these things in motion will come down to some sort of time pressure. Oh, I like that prediction. I think that makes a lot of sense in the, the, the way that it's been unfolding using those those error codes. And the only prediction I have to add to that is it'll probably still be Christmas next week, too, in the Mr. Robot universe. <laughs> I think it's going to be Christmas throughout this season. I think maybe one episode outside of Christmas, but I think pretty much the whole thing is going to take place on Christmas Day. I think there's a world record being set there somewhere. Another thing I did like about the episode is when, when Vera and his, his colleagues heard that Elliot's altar was Mr. Robot. They kept calling it Nickelodeon stuff. That's some Nickelodeon BS right there. I thought that was pretty funny. Or, or when Vera said, when he first saw Elliot, he said, this is like the Frost-Nixon interview, which I thought was such a random thing to throw in there. But... Uh, so some good dialogue, but overall, I know you and I, you know, we want to stay positive 
and try to represent all the great stuff that's in this show. And this episode, I think you and I kind of were on the same page. We tend to like more of the action action scenes. Yeah, and also the episodes that involve hacking, right? Like, uh, or some sort of interesting technology. I think for both of us, that was what really got us excited about the show and interested in podcasting about it was here was the show on television that was talking about technologies and concepts and their use in a way that we hadn't seen on TV before uh, and was very, felt very true and refreshing. And, you know, this episode has, is very, very far from that. Absolutely. The person I work with, I, we work close to Grand Central Station and I mentioned to him, I was in Grand Central Station the other day and I was recreating all the scenes in Mr. Robot. He said, I was too. And he was thinking about all the places that Grand Central was featured in that one episode with Freddie Lomack. I can't wait till next week and get back on track. I, I hope it gets a little bit more into the action, a little more hacking going on. Uh, do you have any what would you rather this week? Uh, I really don't have a good one this week. What about you? I'm going to just make one up randomly on the fly since we were talking about data. What would you rather, Google having all of your health data or Apple having all of your health data? <laughs> I, I have actually thought about this question in, in real-world context in terms of what devices or wearables I use. I think they both take very different approaches. Like Google is very cloud-driven. Everything gets sent to their servers. They're making a lot of investments in AI technology uh, and, and machine learning. Apple tends to do everything on device. Uh, I think it has you know, a much stronger privacy kind of infrastructure, both in terms of the technology as well as their policies and internal regulations. So for me, I, when I had the choice between the Android ecosystem and the Android wearables and Apple and Apple Watch, I chose Apple. Mm-hmm. Same here. I'm going to dump my Android phone as soon as I can, and I'm going to go back to Apple for that very reason as well. So for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to the Apple ecosystem. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it because of the new cool camera on the iPhone 11. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, I hope our listeners aren't too dissuaded by our kind of negative review of this episode. I know a lot of people really liked it. Uh, if you have different thoughts or opinions about what we discussed, don't hesitate to get in touch at hellofriendpod at protonmail.com. I look forward to speaking with you soon, Henry, about uh, next week's episode. Me too, Margaret. Ha- have a great rest of the week. Yeah, you girl, too. And bye, everyone. Thunder, feel the thunder, lightning.